0: Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollar. The Daily Dollar podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about healthy snacking. We're going to go deep into what to eat and how to develop a healthy daily snacking habit. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. It's amazing to have you back again today. We are continuing our deep dive series into snacking and developing a healthy daily snacking habit. And we left off yesterday's episode just looking at the five key points around eating frequency. And I talked about the fact that there are no rules. So whether you want to fast, do time-restricted feeding or eat three, four, five, six meals a day, it actually doesn't matter. So I just want to remind you that you don't need to be bound into the rules around that you simply just need to find the frequency that works for you. What helps you achieve the right amount of energy to help you either maintain your weight or lose weight? What helps you be nourished? So getting in enough nutrition, vitamins, minerals, fiber, protein, and what works with you in your routine with your job? Because, you know, for me, if I've Back when I used to see a lot of clients, I'd be back to back booked for five hours straight. Can't really snack on that day. So I'd have three big meals a day on my client days. But these days I see a a lot less clients as I'm doing a lot of other things. I I can snack a lot more readily. And so finding the eating frequency that's right for you is really about considering all the things that go into, you know, what is the right option for you. So what I'm going to talk about now is this idea of is snacking actually necessary? And I've talked to lots of, you know, different people over the years and people have different thoughts and feelings about snacking and whether it's necessary. There's different schools of thought are, nope, you should avoid snacking. Most people are choosing to snack on, you know, bad, I've got my fingers in inverted commas, bad foods, you know, they're highly ultra processed, they are high in fat and sugar and low in nutrition and you're better off just avoiding snacks altogether. Or there's this idea that better that you grab something quick in between meals to get you through so that you're not starving by the time you get to your next meal. I tend to be of the persuasion that there are no rules. So I would never actually tell someone a blanket black and white, just stop snacking, right? Um, And you'll be fine. Because I feel like that's actually not empowering the person to make a food choice. What I would do is encourage them and give them the tools to make a food decision based on each different scenario. And that's certainly how I like to do snacking for me. I don't typically plan my snacks out to a tee, just because I find I'm pretty hit and miss with what and when I want to snack. Sometimes I'm not hungry at all in between meals. And so, you know, if I've planned or brought a snack to work with me, it just goes uneaten. And then other times I'm absolutely starving in between meals. And so I've just got to the point where I've decided that listening to my body is the way that I want to gauge snacking. And so rather than letting myself get super hungry and wait to my next meal particularly if there's a few hours to go I will just find myself a snack and I have enough nutrition information and I know how to apply it to me and my goals that I can do that really really easily and that's my passion is to empower people to make that choice and so when people ask me like what should I do like what should I eat is I don't want to just tell them what to do in that oh just eat a piece of fruit or just have some yogurt, is I actually want to give them the tools to then just make a choice for themselves. And it's really interesting, this whole concept of empowering someone to make a decision because nearly every industry that I've engaged to help me with my business, marketing, training, it's rather than telling me what to do, employing people, they're like, oh, I'm like, could you please tell me What to do with my marketing? Can you please tell me what to do with my recruitment? Is a. All of the really good professionals in their field say to me, well, we don't tell you what to do with your marketing, but what we will do is have a look at your individual business, teach you about marketing and what maybe applies to your individual situation, and then help you decide what is the best marketing strategy for you. So, at the end of the day, that's the best way to get long-term success with someone is being empowered how to make your own decisions and so that's certainly what I tend to be like and snacking with nutrition is no is no different. So I'd say that snacking absolutely is necessary from the perspective of there are going to be times in between your main meals where you're going to get hungry and grabbing a snack is absolutely necessary a great thing that you can do to listen and honour your hunger and then, yeah, keep you going until you next get to eat again. The main thing that I will add to this whole conversation around is snacking necessary is that in my experience in working with clients is that I I often see excessive snacking, so lots of snacking and lots of snacking on ultra processed foods. So chips and biscuits or cakes and muffins and you're grabbing things on the go when they haven't eaten adequately at their main meals. And I remember really distinctly working with a client where we were working on making sure she was getting enough carbohydrate and protein rich foods at her main meals because she was really skimping on them and then finding she was snacking excessively, particularly in the afternoon and after dinner. And I got her to keep a food diary because good food awareness is a key part of behavior change. And what we noticed and what, well, what I noticed and what I was able to point out to her was on the days where she made a concerted effort to have a good source of protein, a good source of carbohydrate at breakfast, a good source of protein and a good source of carbohydrate at lunch. She snacked way, way less in the afternoon. And I could show her that in her diary. She was like, oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Cause I'm, I remember that day I'm so not hungry. And then I was able to show her another day where she say skipped the carbohydrate rich food at lunch, or she didn't have quite enough of protein rich foods at her meals or, you know, just not a filling enough meal. And then sure enough, lots of snacks into the afternoon as she went rummaging for food because she felt hungry and that was such an eye-opener that awareness for her was enough to solidify and just be further motivation to continue to put effort into ensuring her main meals were adequate and so when I'm thinking about answering the question is snacking necessary? Absolutely it is but you could have a look and make sure that when you are eating a main meal is are they you know, big enough and satisfying enough to stop you from excessively snacking throughout the day. The other thing that I think when we think about the necessity of snacking is that snacks can be a great way to boost nutrition when you choose, you know, nice whole minimally processed foods to build your snacks from. So it's this idea of thinking as your snack is another opportunity for nourishment. So can you get in another piece of fruit, some nuts and seeds, a serve of dairy, some, you know, whole grain carbohydrate rich foods like oats or things like that and and really seeing it as this lovely chance to just get more nutrition into your day because ultimately at the end of the day a healthy diet is one that is wide and varied and offers the body, you know, nutrients from a range and ideally all of the food groups. Lastly, thinking about the necessity of snacking is this idea of appetite management. And so when I've worked with clients over the years with wanting to lose weight, you know, one of the things that people think about losing weight is that they need to have willpower. Now that's true to an extent. Certainly you need to have enough motivation to make the decisions necessary to get what you want, but it's not a hundred percent based on willpower, because if that were true, then <laughs> there would not be many people who succeed because, you know, the, the very nature of wanting to lose weight is the creation of an energy deficit. So you're going to be a little bit hungry. You know, we're surrounded by energy dense, delicious, highly palatable foods that we want to eat all the time. And so it can be really, really challenging to create that energy deficit, but it's certainly easier to manage your weight and lose weight if you are making food choices that help you stay in control of your appetite. And so then it becomes an appetite management issue rather than a willpower issue. It's it's super easy to, to grab all the things to eat at four o'clock in the afternoon if you're genuinely hungry and starving because you've been restrictive throughout the day. Whereas, if you've been smart, planned your meals smart, you've got good food volume, so they're large and filling, lots of lovely whole foods that are nutrient dense and have lower energy density and you're genuinely not hungry, it's much easier to say no thank you to the foods that are going to push you out of your energy deficit. And so certainly snacks can be a strategic part of your day to help you feel full and satisfied while still achieving your overall energy balance goals. And so long as the snacks that you choose just fit within your daily energy needs for whatever goal you want, snacks are a great part of the day. So the thing with thinking about the necessity of snacking for you as an individual is really thinking about your own personal preferences about how you like to eat. So if you prefer to graze, then just be mindful of the fact that you're choosing to graze on a wide range of nutritious, minimally processed foods from all the food groups. I remember working with a client who was coming to to lose weight and she actually had a condition which meant that she couldn't eat very large meals because it made her stomach and whole gastrointestinal tract feel really upset and not happy. And so her ideal way of eating to manage that condition was lots of small meals throughout the day. So she was snacking and and grazing throughout the day, which is absolutely fine from a meal frequency perspective like I've chatted about. However, what the problem was is because she was snacking is that she wasn't getting the full range of food groups and the nutritional variety. And in particular, the protein and the fiber that she needed, which would one, just, you know, help her stay healthy, but two, specifically help her lose weight. And that's because she was just eating your traditional snack foods, a tub of yogurt, a muesli bar, some crackers and cheese, some you know, some cake and bickies with a friend. And she just sort of nibble and graze on these things all day. Now there's nothing inherently wrong with any of these foods, but because she rarely ate a main meal, she wasn't getting in enough vegetables and she wasn't getting in enough good quality protein rich foods, just because she just was in this idea you know, this habit of grazing and snacking all day. And so one of the things that I worked with her on was saying, you can absolutely snack and graze and still achieve your goals, but you just want to think about what you're snacking and grazing on. And let's focus on diet quality here so that, you know, sometimes focusing on weight loss can just make you stressed and obsessive, in my opinion. Let's focus on nourishment. How can we get more good quality whole foods into your diet so that you can continue in this pattern that suits you and her underlying medical condition, but also meet her nutrient needs and achieve her goals. So if prepping five to six small healthy meals seems a great idea for you and, and something that you would prefer to do and a style of eating that you'd prefer to do, then absolutely that is the right way to go for you. And in that case, some of those are going to be meals, some of those are going to be snacks. However, if prepping five to six small, healthy meals and snacks a day seems too challenging and you're just like, oh my gosh, too many Tupperware containers, or that's just too much to think of, or I don't really like eating that way, perhaps trying eating larger meals less often is the right approach for you. And certainly you could have two meals a day and that's fine. And provided those two meals were nutritionally adequate and so that you were working hard on getting variety in at those meals, that's a great option that you can use as well. So I want to just discuss for the remainder of this episode, this idea about an adequate main meal. And so I have discussed the plate model on the show before, but I, I really don't care about repeating myself because it's just such a fabulous way to think about building your main meals that answers two key questions for us. The plate model helps us know what to eat. So what foods should we be putting on our plate to build a balanced meal? And the plate model helps us answer the question, how much should we eat? Because we're using a dinner plate to then portion out particular foods in a way that's more conducive to long-term weight management in the culture and environment that we're in. And so, you know, the culture and environment that we're in is one where we're more sedentary. So we don't exercise or move our bodies as much because we spend a lot of the time sitting down. And so we need to be mindful of how much energy that we consume over the day. And so we also need to eat less food because of this, but ensure we're still getting all the vitamins and minerals we need. So maximizing our diet quality whilst not over-consuming our energy is really, really important for us. And the plate model helps us do that. If you're interested in learning more about this plate model beyond what I'm going to tell you in the next three minutes, then I have a six week module as part of my online program that teaches this in great detail. And the key part of that module is that you're practicing it. So there's a little habit every week for you to practice at each of your meals so that you start to develop a habit of building meals in this way. But Just to finish up, this is how we want to build our plate. We want to cut that dinner plate in half and we want to fill half of our plate with non-starchy vegetables. So there are lower carbohydrate vegetables, carrots, capsicum, cucumber, baby spinach, cherry tomatoes, broccoli, beans, snow peas, pumpkin. They're all going to go on that part of the plate. On the other side of the plate, you want to cut that half in half again. And you want to add in a source of carbohydrates. So this could be some rice or some pasta, some potatoes, some lentils, some chickpeas, etc. The other quarter of your plate you want a protein source. So this could be some chicken, some fish, some tofu, it could be some beans, right? Something that goes along with your preferences around plant versus animal foods. And then finally, you want a little slither of the plate to then be a source of fat. Avocado, nuts, seeds, olive oil, etc. And And aiming to build your meals like this and adapting meals and recipes to suit this model will go a huge way to not only ensuring you're getting all of the nutrients that you need every day, but also helping you manage a healthy weight long term. Well, that's it for today's episode. Join me tomorrow as we continue to chat about healthy snacking. I look forward to checking in with you then. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.